Welcome to Disney Deciphered, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney World vacation. On today's episode, we look at various transportation options helping you to get around the world, and we talk about transportation options that'll be coming down the pipe. If this is your first time here, I recommend going back and listening to our Parks 101 series, where we take a look at the four Disney World parks and tell you what are the best things to check out. Subscribe, rate, and review in iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you find podcasts. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes. And welcome back, everyone. So, you know, we've talked about a couple of the parks and what we like to do there and, you know, how long you should visit Disney World for and, you know, when you should visit Disney World. But, you know, once you're at Disney World, the question is, how are you going to get around? And there's a lot of transportation options that Disney itself provides. So we thought we'd just give a brief overview of those, starting with the airport. So... Leslie, if you're staying in an on-site Disney hotel, you know, how can you get from the airport to your hotel? The Magical Express. We will have a, a lot more about the Magical Express when we talk about air transportation to Disney World. But Disney provides co- a complimentary shuttle from Orlando, from MCO Airport, to your Disney hotel. And this has to be if you're staying on-site at one of the Disney-owned hotels and it's free and it's pretty timely. You'll probably have to make a couple of stops at some of the other hotels on the way, but I usually can get to my hotel in, you know, after landing, I'm there within under two hours from walking off the plane to walking into my hotel. So it's pretty convenient and it's obviously a huge money saver for families who don't want to rent a car or who aren't driving themselves there. So I'm a tentative fan of the Magical Express. What about you, Joe? Yeah, you paid for it with your Disney hotel room, whether you use it or not. Yeah, so I'd say two hours is a good rule of thumb for how long you get there. It could take up to three. I've been from the gate to the hotel, the fastest I've ever done it is in one hour. And that's when I didn't have to wait in line at Magical Express, didn't have to wait when I got on the bus, and we were the first stop. Because, you know, obviously for efficiency, the Magical Express uh, stops at different resorts on the way. So once you get to your hotel, Disney has also at certain hotels offering, well, it's basically Lyft, but it's called the minivan service. Um, they're like literal minivans, although I think some of them are SUVs, but they have mini dots on them. And it's a $25 flat fee to go from your hotel to anywhere, anywhere on Disney property. And so you basically, what you do is when you get to your hotel, if it, if you're staying at one of the hotels that has minivan service, one of the cast members inputs a code into your Lyft app, and then you can ask for minivans. So currently, the list of resorts with minivan availability are essentially all the deluxes, plus Caribbean Beach, Fort Wilderness, Old Key West, Pop Century, Port Orleans, Saratoga Springs, Art of Animation, and Wilderness Lodge. And my guess is eventually it'll be offered to all resorts. So who knows? So the flat rate is $25 per car, which is a bit more than you would pay for Uber or Lyft regularly. However, the big benefit, especially if you have young kids, is every minivan comes with two car seats guaranteed. The reason why I bring up minivans now is on your way back to the airport, if you don't want to take Magical Express and you're staying at one of the resorts, you can take a minivan, but Leslie, that will put you back $150. So I don't know whether personally you think that's worth it. Yikes. I think I'd just take an Uber at that point. But I guess the two car seat availability is really what the selling point is. But, uh, you know, luckily I'm, I'm not at that stage anymore of needing two car seats with my kids. So I'll pass. 
but maybe you'll use it, Joe, right? I don't know. At $150, like I, I could probably buy a car. So once you're at the resorts, there's a pretty extensive bus system. Tell us a little bit about um, Disney's bus system on the resorts. Where can it get you um, and what do we need to know? Yeah, the buses are the most ubiquitous part of the Disney transportation system, and they really are anywhere and everywhere. Pretty much every Disney hotel has bus service to each of the parks. There's a few exceptions to that, but we'll uh, we'll talk about that later. And then there are buses that take you to places like Disney Springs. There aren't any buses that connect hotel to hotel. So if you want to make that connection, you have to, to change or have to figure out your own you know, method, taxi or Uber or something like that. But buses are the most common and you're going to find them everywhere. They're, they're pretty timely. I remember when I was younger as a child, they just were truly heinous. And I remember staying, I think it was at Old Key West when I was a child and every bus that would come would be full. And my dad was standing there next to us, cursing a blue streak saying, I'm never coming back to Disney World again because we couldn't get on a bus. Luckily, that's not doesn't seem to be the case anymore. They're they're you know with technology, they're able to adjust the buses and make sure they're where they need to be in real time. And you know you will still have to wait a while. So and you if you have a stroller, this is a very important. You need you'll probably need to fold up your stroller to get on the bus. So don't overload that basket beneath your stroller with all of your stuff because you're going to have to take it out. That's just my tip for those of you out there with young kids. Yes, you definitely will have to break down that stroller. So do not put anything in that basket um, while you're waiting at the bus stop. The other nice thing that they've updated in the last couple of years in the bus stop is there are wait times that are posted. So it'll say like, oh, bus to the animal kingdom will be arriving at 317 PM. For some reason, those wait times like fluctuate wildly. It can go from 317 to 325 and then down to 315 and all of a sudden the bus shows up. But, you know, at least you kind of have a general idea of when buses will be coming. Also, I echo that real annoyance, Leslie, the fact that uh, buses don't go from hotel to hotel. It drives me nuts. You know, if you're trying to get from hotel to hotel, what do you usually do? Yeah, I usually take an Uber if I'm going from hotel to hotel. Those are cheap and easy. And, you know, if you have kids who need car seats, minivans as well. Yeah, I mean, let's talk about that now because I think you have a pretty great post about, you know, Uber and car seats and little kids in Orlando. So, you know, why, if people are not using minivans, is Uber the better option if you have young kids, if you're trying to get, you know, from hotel to hotel or get somewhere fast and don't want to wait for a bus? Sure. So, so before there were minivans, there was Uber car seat. And a lot of people don't know about this. There are a few cities in the, in the country that have car seat service with Uber. Um, it used to be called Uber family. Now it's called Uber car seat. And Orlando is luckily one of them. And you can actually, when you go into the Uber app, order a car that has a car seat and it's only one. So it's only good if you have, you know, only one kid of car seat age and you, there's no guarantees as to what the model of the car seat is. So I don't find it necessarily ideal if you have an infant because the models tend to be the toddler car seat models that are forward facing that you're probably going to use between ages two and four. So, I mean, it's perfect for me because my son is four and a half. So I've had him at the right age and stage the last couple of years, but I wouldn't bet on that if you've got a six-week-old baby that you're planning to strap into a car seat, but great if you have a toddler. So I, I'm a big fan of Uber car seat. It's much cheaper than the minivan. You char- it's a, an 8 or $9 upcharge over the base fare of Uber, and you know they get you where you need to go, and maybe it's an extra two or three-minute wait tops. I've never had to wait 
for an Uber car seat more than maybe 12, 15 minutes. So it's pretty quick. I'm a huge fan. And then, of course, if you don't have a kid who's of car seat age, Ubers and Lyfts are very cheap alternatives. Florida only requires a car seat up until age five, which is pretty young. And I'm not going to make any statements about what you should do with your child, but legally you're in the clear sooner than you might be in other states about needing a car seat or a booster. Five. Yeah. My my five-year-old weighs like 37 pounds, but I know. I mean, the law is the law, I guess. Um, I would say if you're traveling with infants, I mean, we traveled a lot. So basically we always used that snap in car seat that snaps into a caddy, like for all our travels, that's always been useful, whether it be at Disney or uh, overseas or Washington, DC, wherever we go, you know, I recommend really having that because if you do have an infant and a toddler and you use Uber car seat, then, you know, you can just strap in your uh, infant's car seat carrier thing into the seatbelt and then the toddler can use the car seat. Um, I think that's the way to go. Honestly, for all of our kids, we left them in that infant car seat for as long as possible, just so we didn't have to worry about toddler car seats, which are a major pain in the butt. Very envious that you're uh, almost out of that stage. I know. I'm counting down the days until my son can be in a booster. He's not heavy enough yet, but uh, you know, we'll keep him at a car seat at home for a long time. But uh, for travel, those short distances, we'll use, use a booster. And I, I should mention another product that a lot of people don't know about. There's something called the Bubble Bum, which is an inflatable booster seat. And we use it a ton for travel. It deflate so you can actually stick it in a backpack or under a stroller bucket, something like that. So if you have a kid who's four and 40 pounds and up and you still want to have a booster, that is a really great alternative to, to carry along. Yeah, we use the Mi Fold, um, which I think is probably a little less comfortable on the bum for kids, um, but it also packs up very easily. And, you know, we can put it in my daughter's backpack so she can basically carry it herself. So there are a couple of other random transportation methods that Disney provides that are worth knowing about, you know, depending on where you're staying. So there are various boats that run through the various waterways. A lot of them are on random routes. Obviously, you know, waterways only go where they go. Um, but for example, you know, if you're staying at either the Port Orleans resorts, um, they have a ferry that goes to Disney Springs. That's good for a day trip. If like we said in the previous episode, you're trying to take it easy and, you know, just want to do one day away from the parks. Like we said in our Epcot episode, there's that international gateway in France where you can leave out the back from World Showcase. From there, you can take friendship boats to all the Epcot resorts like Boardwalk and Beach Club, even the Swan and Dolphin, which is not technically a Disney resort. And that friendship boat goes all the way to Hollywood Studios. So like I said, um, I like to walk, but uh, you can take that boat, especially if your kids like boats. That's just kind of like a relaxing thing to do. Another boat, as we mentioned in the Magic Kingdom episode, is the ferry between the TTC where you park for the Magic Kingdom to the Magic Kingdom. Um, but that's just kind of more, that's just more functional. Actually, I have taken kid on a stroller nap on that boat back and forth. Um, they kind of like the feel of the water. The other main thing, and it's kind of less transportation, more attraction, although it will get you there, is the monorail. Um, the monorail runs along the Magic Kingdom resort loop. So the hotels, around the Seven Seas Lagoon, which is the lake that the Magic Kingdom is on. That's the Grand Floridian, the Polynesian, and the Contemporary. The monorail connects all those resorts, and it can also connect you between the Transportation and Ticket Center, again, that parking lot, and Epcot Center. So that's a 
good way to get between the two. One tip for that, if you're going from Epcot to the Magic Kingdom, you will not have to pass through security again when you ride the monorail. If you go the other way around, though, um, you will have to pass through security. But that's a nice tip if you're touring and trying to do both parks in one day. Start at Epcot, go over to the Magic Kingdom. You know, you're not going to have to run through security again, so that'll save you anywhere from 5 to 15, 20 minutes, depending on how long the lines are. So one last thing, Leslie, uh, have you heard about these sky trams that they're trying to install? I have. It seems pretty pretty ambitious. I'm really excited about it. But yeah, they're going to have these giant gondolas, in essence, that are going to connect some of the hotels to some of the parks. It's the, the thing Europe's been doing for all these years. So I guess it's time for Disney to get on board, huh? Yeah. So the plan is that this new transportation system will connect the Art of Animation, Pop Century, Caribbean Beach Resorts with Disney Hollywood Studios and the International Gateway at Epcot. So the official name is the Disney Skyliner, and it'll feature gondolas. Basically, think of it as a beefed up version of, you know, any of those sky trams that you see at like other amusement parks, um, except for I think it'll be fully enclosed. I'm sure it'll be air conditioned. You know, it'll be a way to kind of rise above all the increasing traffic uh, in Disney World. You afraid of heights, Leslie, uh, or are you cool with uh, that kind of transportation? I'm totally cool with that. I know you've probably been on the giant one in Hong Kong, as have I, with the glass bottom, so nothing can faze me. Ooh, yeah, actually, I mean, I don't want to put people off the Disney Skyliner, but the day that we rode that gondola, there was a storm coming in, and it was pretty shaky, even though it's a very sturdy gondola, and I'm sure it happens all the time. And we actually couldn't ride the gondola on the way back because there was a thunderstorm. You know, not that they ever have thunderstorms in Florida, so I'm sure they'll be fine. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens when those hurricane force winds start start coming through and whether they're going to have to have some buses as backup. But we shall see in a few years. Yep, we will see. I think they want everything up and running by uh, the 50th anniversary, which is in 2021. So they still got uh, three years to do that. Anything else on transportation? One more thing we have not mentioned is your own car. A lot of folks drive themselves to Disney, and then a lot of folks will rent cars when they get to Orlando Airport. And the big news that everybody's talking about this spring is that Disney is now going to start charging for parking at its Disney resorts. $13 a day at Value Resorts, $19 at Deluxe, and $24 a day at, oh, sorry, 19 at Moderate, and then $24 a day at the Deluxe Resorts. So, if you're renting a car, it's pretty cheap, but uh, it just got a lot more expensive when you add in those hotel parking charges. So I don't know about you, but I'm not going to be renting anymore. Yeah, it's kind of silly because it kind of wipes out. So if you stay at a Disney on-site hotel, you don't have to pay for parking at the parks. Parking at the parks costs $22. So you know, having to pay for parking at your Disney on-site hotel kind of wipes out that savings there. So Yeah, I like the convenience of having a car, but I'm buying in more and more to Disney transportation. I've had good luck with the buses my past few trips, and I'm sure the gondola system will help uh, ease the stress. So I'm optimistic that I'll be able to do it without a car, especially um, you know once my kids all don't need car seats and things like that. And of course, you always have minivans and Lyft and Uber and stuff. If you're just lifting or Ubering, that's probably less than $19 or $13. Um, So you know maybe you save money that way, but you got to do the math, I guess. That's right. It's always a trade-off. But yeah, no no more car for me, although I I rarely have had one in the past. Yeah, just take your time. Relax. You don't have to rush. The other thing with having your own car is walking from the parking lot to the park or 
in a worst case scenario at the Magic Kingdom, you got to take the monorail, the ferry. You know, that's a lot of time that gets added to your trip. All right. So that about does it here. Uh, you can find old episodes at DisneyDecipher.com. Please subscribe to us in iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, anywhere where you can find podcasts. We'd really love that. Um, if you enjoyed what you heard, please uh, share with your friends. Um, we just want to see the podcast grow and uh, drop us a review. If you've got the time and the inclination, um, that will really help us as well. If you have any topics that you want to talk to us about, tweet at us at as a Joe flies on Twitter or at trips with tykes. You can also email me as a Joe flies at gmail.com. Other than that, thanks for another great chat, Leslie. Thanks Joe. And thanks everyone.